Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Today's inspiration is encouraging you to let go, release your ideas and notions about the way life should be, and embrace the freedom and life that comes with total surrender to Christ, who makes all things new and better. Welcome to day five of our 14-day unedited series on this Saturday, September 26th, 2020 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast. How awesome that God is speaking to us on the weekend too. I am happy to be in the studio this morning. I'm feeling good, refreshed, and ready to share the Word of God with you. I want to thank you for your overwhelming support of this ministry. You've been tuning in by the thousands on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and wherever podcasts are heard, you've also been sowing seed into the ministry to help us reach the hurting with the gospel. Thank you so much. It's my honor and a real joy to be connected to you in ministry. One of my favorite things to do is highlight a beautiful praise report from a precious member of our faith community. And April from Minnesota wrote into the ministry and said, Dear Sister Deanna, my husband walked out on our marriage three years ago after cheating on me with a close friend and neighbor. The betrayal ruined my self-esteem and sent me on a spiral into depression and alcoholism. Not knowing how to pick up the pieces of my life, I gave up and made some horrible choices that I am ashamed of. But your unedited series has been so life-giving for me. Your transparency has touched me and made me believe again that the same grace God gave you is available to me too. I feel like God is giving me a fresh start through this series, so thank Thank you, my sister. Woo, my God, glory to his name. April, this blessed me. Thank you for sharing. God is with you and he has a good plan for your life. Can we get a praise break for April's breakthrough? Powerful and inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org donate. Thank you for your generosity. All right, let's begin day five of our unedited series with a prayer. God, I thank you so much for sending this precious person to press play. You led them here because there is a word for them. So I move out of your way and say, have your way in me and speak through me today. In Jesus' name, amen. One day I was riding with my son Kadar in the car and he asked me a question just out of the blue. Kadar's random like that. He asked a lot of questions, but that day he said, Mommy, do you like old Deanna or new Deanna better? So I called the pre-mini-stroke me, old Deanna, and I called the post-mini-stroke me, new Deanna, because I'm very different from the way I used to be. So I explained to Kadar that old Deanna felt more confident, could do more, had greater work output, and felt more in control of life in general, stuff like that. But there were some things I liked about New Deanna too. New Deanna is a lot sillier, goofier, more childlike, more open, more willing to receive help. And I told him, I think New Deanna is even closer to him and the whole family. So yeah, 
I like new Deanna. She's all right. Then I asked him, which me did he prefer? We were sitting at a red light when I asked, and he sat there for a minute, and then he said, I like new Deanna. New Deanna's hilarious. You were funny before, he said, but you're even funnier now. And I like talking to you and spending time with you. You're fun. I asked him if he missed old Deanna, and I waited for his response. He told me no. Then Kadar said, you're the same in a lot of ways, but even better now. That just melted my heart. And I said, aw, thanks, Kadar. He just smiled and kept driving. He didn't really think much of it. He was just sharing his honest feelings, but he didn't know. I needed to hear that on this particular day. I didn't even know I needed to hear it until I did because I'd been fighting pretty hard against worry and feelings of inadequacy as a mom because I had lost so much that I felt like I couldn't really be what I needed to be for my children anymore. I would honestly feel like a burden sometimes because of all I couldn't do. You know, I've always prioritized my family. My first ministry is to my family. I've dedicated my life to them. But when things fell apart after my ICU stay last year, and I realized I wasn't gonna fully just bounce back mentally, that was a blow. You see, I've been sick before, to the point of death, but that was a physical impairment. My mind, though, was strong and sharp. So this new season has been a big transition for me, a huge change, and it's been hard to let go of old Deanna. So in case this is your first time tuning in and you don't understand why I've been struggling, let me quickly give you the full context before moving forward. So I had a negative reaction to an antibiotic called Bactrim and it triggered a mini stroke and seizures. I wound up having more than 20 seizures and spent days in the ICU. I had violent prolonged seizures back to back on top of the drug induced mini stroke and this perfect storm caused injury to my brain, negative changes in my brain function. There was also damage to my immune cells. And so I hope that brief explanation is helpful. But anyway, God spared my life and here I am, all glory to his name. And I lost what I like to call the files in my brain for certain things, essentially memories of who people are, how to do things. And that loss has felt particularly devastating. I am learning to accept new me. God is teaching me through new Deanna how to give myself grace and let go of what I think I I should be or what I think my life should look like. And God is teaching me that it's okay to rest and to receive love and nurturing and support and care. And so I'm resting instead of trying to edit myself, refine myself, modify myself, pull myself together. I'm embracing all the messiness and imperfection and receiving grace. And because my mind tends to connect everything back to scripture, that's something that old Deanna and new Deanna have in common. I find that this unfolding revelation in my life surrounds old versus new me, it makes me think about the old versus the new covenant in the Bible and the old system of works versus the new system of grace. The old covenant or the Old Testament in scripture was very works-based, right? You tried to earn God's approval through keeping laws and filling roles, but the new covenant or New Testament isn't based on your works. It's based on God's grace. Under the new covenant, as long as you've accepted Jesus Christ and you believe that he's the son of God, that he died, rose from the dead to free you from sin and redeem you back to God and you have confessed that you are a sinner and in need of a savior and you have made Christ the Lord of your life, you are a recipient of grace through faith. And one of the Bible stories that makes me super grateful for grace is Exodus 32. Now let me tell you, it is one of the most drama-filled, violent, and difficult stories in the Bible to digest. Some Christians would prefer to just edit out this whole chapter because it's a lot to deal with, but there's a purpose for it. 
Moses was up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights with God. During this time, he received the covenant of the Ten Commandments. And meanwhile, while Moses was sequestered and spending time with God, the Israelites got impatient with Moses being gone so long. And so they said, we don't know where this guy is or what happened to him. So they wanted an idol to worship. They couldn't see Moses, couldn't see the true and living God. So they said, hey, let's make our own God. So Aaron, Moses's brother, collected and melted down the Israelites' gold earrings and created this golden calf and told them they could worship the golden calf. It was really bizarre. So while this was going on, Moses was still up on the mountain with God and the Lord told him that the people had rebelled and he needed to get down there. God was angry and wanted to destroy the Israelites, but Moses asked God to spare them. Now, when Moses came down from the mountain and saw what was really going on, that the people were celebrating and worshiping this golden calf, he was angry. So angry, in fact, Moses broke the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, the law that he had received from God while he was up on the mountain. But anyway, the part of Exodus 32 that some believers wish they could edit and modify to soften it a little is found in verses 26 through 29. What happened here is after Moses saw the people worship idols and he got angry, he said to the people, everyone who's on the Lord's side, come and join me. Then a group of Israelites from the tribe of Levi, known as the Levites, joined him. So in order to prove their loyalty to God, Moses told them, get your swords, go through the whole camp and kill everybody, even your brothers, friends, and neighbors. And the Levites did this. And scripture said about 3,000 people died that day. Now, after the bloodshed resulting from the killing of their loved ones and friends, Moses told the Levites that their actions had actually earned them a blessing. God later officially elevated the Levites to the office of priest based on this act of loyalty. So yeah, this was a lot and we'll unpack it in a moment. But all this resulted from the Israelites being left alone without Moses's leadership for an extended period of time. Speaking of being alone, last year, I remember being alone in my car. Things went a bit left, so I'll tell you what happened. I was waiting outside in the car while my daughter Kaya was doing something school-related on campus. She only needed to be on campus for a few minutes because I think she was just getting an ID made or something like that. So my son Kadar had driven us there, and this is before he got his license, so I had to be in the car with him. Well, he had gone inside with Kaya, so I got out of the passenger side and got in the driver's seat to go and park the car. And after waiting a while, I got nervous about being alone. I don't know why, but nowadays, being alone in a car can be kind of scary for me. So a brief time, I'm okay with it. But an extended period, not so much. After a bit more waiting, I was getting antsy. So I reached for my phone to send Kadar a message and just kind of find out how long they would be. So I couldn't find my phone. I looked under the seat, nothing. And I thought, that's odd. Well, did it maybe fall out of the car when I got out to get in the driver's seat? So I just started driving around the parking lot to see if I dropped my phone. And I came to a stop and looked out of the window on the ground, didn't see it. So I looked under the seat again, and then Daily Cut family, when I looked up, to my shock, I was rolling straight toward the bumper of this van. I was literally just inches away from crashing into it. I had forgotten to put the car in park. 
so it was still in drive while I was looking for my phone on the floor of the car and I was just rolling forward without noticing the motion. Thank God for his grace. I discovered that I was rolling seconds before I got into an accident. And that day I scared myself really bad. I didn't know that my brain would forget things like that. And I hadn't been alone for very long before doing something dangerous. And that was a real wake up call for me. I realized that I didn't need to be in the driver's seat. Some things I could not do alone. And this is the way my whole life sort of feels right now. I'm so used to being in the driver's seat and doing everything, but now I'm learning to let go of that and receive some help. The good thing about all the stuff that's happened to me is that it has taught me to appreciate and understand the concept of grace more. Even when we look at the story in Exodus 32, we see that when left alone without grace and Jesus's atoning sacrifice and the equipping power of the Holy Spirit, we are a hot mess. Have you ever made a decision on your own that wasn't so great or tried to do something without help and didn't get it right or found yourself in a compromising position or have you gone through a season that only you and God really know about and you'd rather edit out? We need God's grace. We need his guidance. We need his assistance. Without him, we would be on a crash course headed for destruction like I was headed for that bumper in the parking lot. So I want you to look at Exodus 32 through this lens, the lens that says we are a mess. We make mistakes. Our humanness will never be enough to satisfy God's holiness. Looking at it that way will help you avoid feeling like Exodus 32 is some rogue depiction that needs to be edited out out of scripture. No, it represents the old covenant under Moses, which was a foreshadowing of the new covenant to come through Jesus Christ. In this story, Israel was under the law still, so their hot mess chronicles didn't go over so well. Under the old covenant, whenever sin is committed, there must be a sin offering. Blood had to be shed in order to atone for that sin. The Levites, who would become the tribe of priests in Israel, would be the ones to offer sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. They'd kill animals as sacrifices, but here in Exodus 32, they shed the blood of actual humans with swords. In Hebrews 9.22, Paul explains, The law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So Israel sinned, and bloodshed was required to obtain forgiveness. Now Moses, who is also a foreshadowing of Christ, interceded for Israel just as Jesus intercedes for us. After Israel made this huge error, Moses went back up on the mountain for 40 more days and 40 more nights. He did not drink, he did not eat. And he talks about this in Deuteronomy 9. He went up there to intercede and try to obtain forgiveness from God for Israel's sin of idol worship. Moses pleaded with God to forgive Israel. But then he said, if not, if you won't forgive them, blot my name out of the record you have written. Moses essentially volunteered to become a sin offering for Israel. By volunteering to have his name blotted out of God's record and lose any inheritance in the promised land, he was willing to take the punishment of somebody else who had broken their covenant with God. They should be the ones blotted out of God's book and stripped of their inheritance, not Moses, but he offered to take their place. Under the old covenant, we get to see in 
example of what would happen under the new covenant when Jesus offered himself as an atonement for our sin. He offered to take on the punishment we deserve to spare us from the wrath of God, even though Jesus did no wrong. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 in the New Living Translation says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. It is amazing what Jesus did for us. We could never fully appreciate the implications of grace if we did not understand the implications of the law. But thank God we're no longer under the old covenant. The new covenant is better. In Hebrews 10 and 11 through 14, Paul says that unlike priests who repeatedly offered sacrifices, Christ came and offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, which is himself. Jesus stepped on the scene as the atoning sacrifice once and for all and shed his blood. So now no more bloodshed for the sake of sacrifice is necessary. Understanding that Jesus died to atone for our sins and offer grace to us that we don't have to earn with works is something so liberating but can't be fully appreciated unless you see your need for grace. That's why God doesn't edit out our struggles and not just our struggles with sin and temptation but struggles to make it through life daily because he can use those weaknesses to show how strong and mighty he is through us and show us the power of his grace but to embrace his grace, you have to be willing to let go of your idols. And what do I mean by that? Sometimes we make idols out of our ideals. We have an ideal way we want to live, like what we think represents happiness, fulfillment, success, productivity. We have notions about the way things should go, and that becomes an idol. God wants you to release your idols. Let go. Let him make you brand new. Let him do what he wants to do. I want to close with this. One day, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting down at dinner with the family and I told them something God had shared with me during my time of devotion that really blessed me. The Lord sort of came in and contextualized my process over the past year of grieving the loss of who I was and the old me and trying to figure out who I am now and what that means. I've been processing the things that I can and can't do, you know, all that stuff. But God spoke so powerfully to me through a Bible verse and I want to steal you for a moment and read to you Galatians 2 and 20 in the New Living Translation. And I'm going to stir this scripture, in fact, into your cup of inspiration. And it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. As you drink down the contents of your cup, freely say goodbye to your old self, your ideals, your vision, let go of your idols, release your need to be in control so that the power of God can be revealed through you. And when you release and surrender, I can tell you from experience, life will be so much better. Now let's pray. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. Help them to understand that you allow disruptions in life and uncomfortable changes to guide them down a path that leads to your will for them. Thank you for the atoning sacrifice of Jesus that liberates us from the obligation of trying to meet some unattainable standard and offers us the opportunity to rest. And I ask, oh God, that you would remind them that there is power in surrender and letting go because that is when you step in and make life so much better for them and get glory through them. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com. Thank you.